It's my recommendation for the week. Check out Wood. This is Insert Credit, the relentlessly paced weekly audio program where a panel of video game experts are forced to reach consensus on every topic or be silenced by the sound of a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and my New Year's video game resolution is to host at least 52 more episodes of this podcast. Oh, nice. Ooh. That's very sweet. My name is Frank Cifaldi, and God, what is my New Year's resolution for video games? Play some older stuff. You know, I, I think this is the first year in a long time where I've only really played new games somehow, which seems Ooh. a little bit out of character. I think I need to start looking backwards again and, and, and refine that joy. Take a look at the history of video games. Yeah, as what's that like? Yeah, what, are, what are the old ones? You know, there's a lot of old video games even I haven't played. And my name is Tim Rogers. Uh, my video game New Year's resolution, I don't know, make some more videos about video games, probably make a couple of them. One or two. It's hard to make a resolution when this is such a world in which we cannot control so many of the more important factors. I would like to resolve that next year I would like to take my videos to the next level. However, the next level involves uh, jet airplane travel to foreign countries and uh, in-person interviews. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that feasibly, vaccination-wise and such, if the world will even be ready. I resolve a, a tentative resolution, my friends. A tentative resolution, which may be amended. The end. I'm Brandon Sheffield, and my video game resolution is i don't know i think 1920 I might... by 1080. 1080 oh no yeah! <laughs> frank i'm gonna have to subtract five points from your score this episode what about tim Tim did the same thing <laughs> no i just i was waiting for someone else to make the joke and then when they did i jumped in i think we all know that i'm 480 if anything yeah obviously on the crt i'm 800 by 680 no you're you're 240p bro yeah i'm 240 it's true i'm 240p i'm 252 by 226 oh wow that's a native PlayStation resolution. My resolution will be to finish but not release the next video game that we're working on. <laughs> you know, that's admirable. It's not going to be possible to release it, but I do plan to finish it. And as a, a sub thing to that, I plan to play as almost as many new Genesis games as come out. I've, I've bought more brand new Sega Genesis games in the last year than I ever did in, the re in my entire life. Uh, and I'm going to play them at the end. Great. We'll be delaying our usual Game of the Year episode by a few weeks so that certain members of our panel can catch up on their 2020 backlog. <laughs> it's me. A certain members. Yeah. Why is that plural? <laughs> a certain member. It's me. Alex Jaffe, did you just out yourself as having not played enough 2020 games? Yeah, I only played Hades and Animal Crossing. Sorry. Is it pronounced Hades or Hades? Oh, it's definitely Hades. If you ask Dark Throne singer Fenris, it's Sons of Hades. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So in the meantime, we're going to do something that we've been threatening for a while. A revisitation of some of our juiciest topics from the past year. Mm -hmm. That's right. This is the best of Insert Credit 2020. Nice. Can I actually speak for a moment here at the top of this show? It's highly unusual. It is highly unusual. <laughs> However, this is, uh, I did say back around about episode three or four that there was a twist to the Insert Credit show. So here it is. Uh -oh. When I originally invented this show in the dark of night, just seething with hatred at one point, it was a day after I had been on a podcast nominally about video games. Me and 
several people far more popular and famous than I was at that time, probably more famous than I am now, had spent the first 26 minutes speaking on a wide range of topics from uh, Cheerios, SpaghettiOs, buttholes. I don't know. It's a whole bunch of trash. And then suddenly somebody goes, maybe we should talk about a video game now. And then they brought up a video game. And uh, by br the way they brought up a video game was by somebody whipped open a web browser and goes, oh, let's see what's new on the video game news. And then they took it from there. And, you know, millions of listeners or whatever it was they had. And I just thought when they post this podcast, I know what they're going to do. They're going to say, oh, we had Tim Rogers on. So, of course, it's our longest episode ever. And that was every podcast I'd ever been on at that point. I had been their longest episode ever because so irresistible is it to talk to me about Cheerios and buttholes and spaghetti and nonsense for 26 minutes. Every single podcast I was ever on was cursed to have a big, long intro full of a bunch of nonsense. So I thought, what better treat for myself than a bit of restraint? So I invented the Insert Credit podcast as a podcast with 10 topics, six minutes each. And then I thought, how difficult will it be to constantly have new questions all the time? And then I realized, eventually, one can only answer a a question such as uh, there's there's the uh, the staircase wit element as well. Uh, when one is asked uh, who would win in a fight, Charizard or Master Chief, uh, you know, when jostling elbows with other intellectual individuals such as Frank Sapaldi and Brandon Sheffield, one may not present one's best answer. So here's what I thought. We need a lot of really good questions to be asked on this show, at least a thousand, preferably one thousand five hundred. And then I, I assigned an arbitrary number and I said, after 150 episodes, we should start only asking questions that have been asked before. And I realized I didn't bring this up earlier, so that's a stupid thing. The what if after episode 300, Alex Jaffe, you only ever ask questions that have been answered before? That is my little idea that I want to float out here. Hmm. I thought after 150 episodes, we should regularly institute a previously asked Here's question. Here's my concern with the idea. First of all, I think it's interesting. Second of all, I worry that considering Frank and I do not have the same sort of memory as you, I think there is a high chance of repeating stories, which um, I, I know for a fact that Frank and I have already done since just this resumption of the podcast, we have already... I know, but that's great, though. Is it? People love that, <laughs> don't they? Have you ever listened to a song more than once? Yeah, I like hearing a story retold on a show sometimes. One and don't you, don't you sometimes hear different nuances of instruments the, the third time or the fourth time you listen I to a song? I don't think I'm on board with making 100% of the questions repeats, but we can talk about a ratio. I'm telling you, uh, there should be a percentage... That gets incremented every X number of episodes. That was my initial idea of the show, because the questions you had asked me in my Kotaku question and answer column were so good that I thought, what if we had a bank of 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 of these questions to just uh, cycle <laughs> through like Trivial Pursuit? You know, yeah. when you get a question in Trivial Pursuit that you've had before? What a feeling. Things happen in video games that are worth discussing that didn't appear before that's true yeah so i think maybe one per episode and i also think you should have to tell us if we've been asked it before <laughs> yes so that oh, we sure, be sure. careful oh sure absolutely i have the perfect name for those now it's time for previously on insert credit it would certainly make my job easier but yeah. i think it should max out at nine out of ten there should always be at least one fresh question uh, i think it should only be one that's old no okay look 
uh, Brandon, this hypothetical yeah. nine out of ten questions are old thing is presuming we get to like episode two thousand or right. whatever. So right. I think at that point we'll all be about seventy-eight years old. <laughs> sure. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. The older one gets, the the more one repeats stories. This is That's the hook true. of the idea. If we're doing still doing this podcast, God forbid, when we're in our sixties, wouldn't it be great to just be asked again? Who would win in a fight, Charizard or Messi? <laughs> uh, who, who did we say last time? How many podcasts are there right now being made by 60-year-olds? This is what I was thinking when I was on yeah. all these video game podcasts back in like 2010. Uh, how many of these people, these 20-year-olds, are going to be doing these podcasts in 40 years? I, I felt too old to be on the podcast that I was on. And then I started thinking, what's a podcast that you get old people on it? Yeah, I mean, already we have an interesting proposition here because how many podcasts are there where the people have known each other for 20 plus years, but they weren't friends as children. Yeah, yeah, weird, huh? Already that. Yeah. It's an internet story. Jaffe, uh, when I when I originally, this, this season, started occasionally saying, why don't you write that question down as one to ask later? This is the reveal I was building up to. This should inspire you, maybe, you know, subliminally, okay. don't, uh, to, to make evergreen questions as well uh, when they're new. How about this? Starting <laughs> in 2021, we'll do one old question per episode. Then when we hit episode 200, we'll start doing two old questions per episode. And then we'll bump it to three at episode 300. Okay, 300, yeah. Three at episode 300 sounds about like what I like. All my, right. initial, my initial idea was by episode 300, it would be 100% old questions. But I realize now that would not be good. I realized a while back that's not right. That's not right. Uh, so we'll bump it up one every 100 episodes. Because this gives me the opportunity to write a little essay to recite. Yeah. However, only if I remember, and I am pleased, it pleases me to announce that for all 10 questions you are about to ask today, I have failed to write an essay. <laughs> I was going to wonder if you did the homework. So next time, who knows? I don't know what question you're going to pick. So here's my first question then. Well, let's do it. Who are the greatest frauds in video games? Nice. I did think about this one. and uh, Billy Mitchell. I think it's, uh, I think it's Peter Molly Do. I don't think that's a real person. <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> we did a little callback to this question already and i mentioned mamoru samuraguchi who is the uh, resident evil composer i'm just going to mention it again because it's such a great story of him first of all pretending to be deaf uh, oh, and, and yeah. gaining very much acclaim for Shoot. being deaf a deaf composer and everyone was lauding him as amazing for his deafness and uh a journalist discovered that he was not deaf when he went to pick up a phone that was ringing. <laughs> and then second of all, he didn't even write the music that he supposedly wrote while deaf. Someone else goes for him. It's just amazing. That is a spectacular fraud. He is absolutely a fantastic fraud. But I also want to give us to uh, G2A, the game key resellers. Oh, yeah, who constantly try to uh, frame the, reframe themselves in the public eye is actually pretty okay. Right. They give developers 0% of what they sell. They're only buying keys, often from scammers and hackers, hackers buying games with stolen credit cards, reselling it on G2A, and then de the developer has to pay the chargeback cost. So it winds up being negative money for the developer, but G2A still gets paid. And they also advertise aggressively so that when you search for your own game, a G2A reseller might show up before your own game mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's cheaper. You can buy like Cyberpunk 2077 for for $10 or whatever. Well, usually you can buy it for like $58 instead of $60. I remember when Video Ball came out, it was already up on G2A 
for like $7.99 instead of $9.99. Right. There was some scandal. Again, I don't keep my finger on the video game journalism pulse too tightly. Though there was some scandal where they were like sending out some sort of email to press where they're like, hey, do you want to write some nice stuff about us? For some money, like oh, this man. really brazen. I don't even really remember what it was. I know Kotaku wrote something about it while I was there. Yeah, they don't seem to have a whole lot of the shame. And they definitely are often trying to be like, no, actually, it's great for the game ecosystem because blah, blah, blah. But none didn't of they sponsor are... a, a developer event once? They must have. I vaguely remember being at a developer event that they'd like sponsored in some way and going. Ugh. <laughs> they definitely do outreach to developers. And it's like, for what? Right. What are they offering to camp? What what I think they're offering is to not break your kneecaps. It's like you've been given a bunch of keys by Steam, probably. Like Steam gives you 500. If you want, you could sell 300 of them on G2A, and those were free to you. And so you get extra money. Yeah, I believe I received uh, some sort of a boilerplate template email. Uh, of that nature yeah when we released our game a couple days before the game came out which i roundly ignored i don't know how you roundly ignore something i, I roundly <laughs> ignored it does that <laughs> so, mean you came back around is it more emphatic to roundly ignore something or squarely ignore it uh, uh, squarely ignored it as well I, I did both i you know round peg square hole any shape of ignore any 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 shape of peg or hole i've got them all over here at the moment I had any of cornucopious reasons to feel sorry for myself. So that one, I figured, might as well not put it in the old backpack. You know, leave that brick in the middle of the road. I got enough in my backpack of sadness at that exact moment. So I left it there, Jerry. Left it there. Wise. Who else is the biggest fraud in video games while we're here? Did we do Billy Mitchell before? You mentioned that one briefly. We did not do Billy Mitchell last episode. We didn't do Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell's a huge fraud. I accidentally said something not not nice about billy mitchell in my pac-man video where i did not use any billy mitchell footage or otherwise talk about billy mitchell and then um, one of my one of my editors had put in some video footage of billy mitchell at one part where i'm talking about people who are really good at pac-man and i was just like oops and then i then i got somebody sent me a dm like did you know about billy linking me to like articles about (laughs) billy mitchell being a fraud i'm like ah man you ever want to get a thousand emails with gotchas uh just uh, make a three-hour video that probably has a whole bunch of mistakes in it that's a different kind of gotcha game if you know what i mean the whole billy mitchell walter day situation is is so deeply disturbing that it's worth discussing in more detail at some point but the scam is not that he's good at video games the scam is elevating him as the the representative of video game players Mm -hmm. and it is elevated into this cult belief that if he is dethroned that it is bad for video games as a concept and it's it's just deeply weird and 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 cultish it's interesting how the the gamer cult mentality sees to it that the whole idea of taking one for the team is not something one does it's something the team does it's like the the team takes one for the one right everybody on the team takes one and then the one uh, i don't know what language is ping-ponged the phrase take one for the team back and forth in google translate for you to arrive at that mindset. Right. So uh, take one for the team. Question two. <laughs> How would you adapt Bartleby the Scrivener into a video game? Oh! Yeah. See, I meant to read Bartleby the Scrivener. I put it on my to-do list. <laughs> this is why this is the best. Because you're going to ask this question again in like 10 years. Yeah. And I'll be like, uh, I actually did four years ago. <laughs> I, I made a video game called about Bartleby the Scrivener. That's going to be fantastic. <laughs> 
See, this is and I'm this releasing is... it right now. It's waiting for you to ask about again. I did intend to reread this, but I did not do it. But I did refamiliarize myself with the concept. Well, yeah. I mean, okay, let's, let's I think the, the best thing you can do is not read it because you clearly demonstrated that you would prefer not to read it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Scriven me that Bartleby. Tell me what it's about. Give it well, to me. Well, so it's basically about someone who gets into the employee of a law office and after uh-huh. a stint of diligence realizes the uh, ridiculousness and futility of it in the existential and realistic sense and then refuses to do any further work. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't remember the other details, like how does he pull that off? But with that in mind, I was thinking that maybe you could it could be something where like you're supposed to process people as a member of ICE and then you refuse, and then somebody else does it instead, and it's futile, basically. Oh, so it's papers, please. Yeah, it's papers, please. It definitely is papers, please, but... Except it's got an element of, like, Madden. Uh, what was the Madden where they introduced the feature where if you stop touching the controller for five seconds, the computer takes over? Uh, I don't remember. Was it Madden yeah. 95? It was one of the 361s, I thought. No? not. It wasn't just drop in, drop out, co-op. It was, like, before that was even a buzzword, it was... Uh, just you can pick up the controller and play, and then if you put drop it down, in, drop out AI. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. I was thinking that the Scrivener plus the trial would be good, where like yeah. you try to conscientiously refuse things, but systems are labyrinthine and you cannot really. Things move along regardless of your refusal. So I thought also about trying to be the one good cop in a corrupt organization and witnessing the degree to which that is impossible. And then it, it, the game just drags you back down into feeling that there's just no real change is possible in this world. Right. Like, you know about that guy? He was a cop and he reported someone brutalizing somebody. And so he wound up getting put undercover with the constant threat of his cover being blown by the organization. Oh, yeah. That'll teach him. Intense <laughs> punishment. So I feel like it would probably be... An adventure game. That sounds like a good idea for a revival of Police Quest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lord. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so I've, I've downloaded Bartleby the Scrivener. Great. Did you speed read Got it? Got it on my phone now, everybody. So I will now, I will begin reading this. I am a rather elderly man. The nature of my avocations for the last 30 years has brought me into more than ordinary contact with what would seem an interesting and somewhat singular set of men, of whom as yet nothing that I know of has ever been written. I mean Wait, the law copyists of Scrivener. I had a good idea here. I'm not actually adapting this into a video game, but it is how people have adapted this practice into a video game, like no jump Mario runs, where you're mm-hmm. trying to complete something right. while completely giving yourself a restriction. A prescription of restriction. Sounds like a Melvillian phrase, doesn't it? It's a neat it? almost practicing of that. I've read this thing like 10 times. Why did I not read it immediately? after? It's so short. Yeah. It's not long. Lord, it's going to take me like a half an hour to read this. I read it. I I should have done it immediately after the show last time. And that is the spirit of previously on insert credit. That's the (laughs) the spirit. I think I'm going to open every episode with it so that the first question is old questions and then the first two and so on. It's a good idea. I just couldn't tell you about it until now because it would have infected your question writing process. Right. Now, I mean, now it's infected your question writing process, hopefully. I'm just going to I'm going to announce right now to everyone that I have begun development on Bartleby the Scrivener (laughs) video game. Mentally. Don't end the question yet. I'm opening a new Sublime Text doc. Bartleby the Scrivener game design document by Tim Rogers, and I'm saving it onto my network drive. I want a producer credit on this. So we started it. It's, it's a blank game design document. All right. It's being saved. So Question three. You All work right. at a matchmaking service for video game characters. Which characters who have never met before would you set up for a blind date? 
<laughs> How did this wind up happening? Why do I work at a matchmaking service for video game characters? What's, what's... Uh, you needed a job, oh, yeah. and like your aunt worked there, and she got it, you in this there. This is something that I don't care very much about, but I've written two things. One is a joke, which is Mario and Sonic. Sure. Because obviously... But they have met before. They have oh, yeah, they Mario have and Sonic at the Olympic Games, them. yeah. Okay, and then the other one, this is kind of a gotcha. Michael Jackson and David Bowie is my other one. Hmm. The humans have probably met, but the characters have not. Oh, Moonwalker. Do you mean Moonwalker or do you mean Knuckles? <laughs> not, not Knuckles. I met Space oh, Michael okay. and Omicron the Nomad Soul. I don't know if that's who David Bowie plays. He plays somebody in that game. Yeah, well, I mean, the name of the game isn't always the characters. You know that? I actually did. Sometimes games aren't named after the characters. That's a little little confusing for me. I in like papers, I, please. You play as the papers. Whatever, whatever happened to the games where it's just name the animal, Ty the Tasmanian tiger? Where? Why don't we have any of those anymore? That's what you can look forward to in twenty years. Uh, on, on <laughs> why is Donkey Kong a monkey? He's a donkey, not a monkey. God darn it! Michael what? Jackson, David Bowie, both on the Dreamcast. Yes. Same basic number of polygons and resolution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They probably get along real well. So that's my answer. That's, that's what I who got. you'd set up. It would be kind of a clash of personalities. They're both big star types, you know? Yeah. I got to say, I'm giving this question uh, I'm giving this question an, an 8.5 out of 10 on the Evergreen scale. Mega re-askable question. I want someone to take care of Solid Snake. I think he needs someone to show him it's okay to have needs. Mm-hmm. Wait, didn't we pair him up with Cooking Mama last time? Oh, did we? Okay. Because what or I wrote down was good. Solid snake and the kid from tulip i don't know if it has to be a romantic get together but i don't know Sounds illegal yeah (laughs) if it's if it's maybe maybe i mean it's been a long time since tulip came out yeah it could be an adult by now yeah. Also, Tulip is set during what, like the Taisho era of Japan. Right. So, I mean, right. he's, right. Showa era. I think well, it might be Showa. I'm not sure. Then. Is that what you're saying? Well, no, I'm saying, <laughs> oh, I'm saying, I'm saying, he's probably like 125 years old. Right. So, I mean, whatever. Just like those little girls in Disgaea are a thousand. Yeah, they're three thousand. Uh, yeah. Javier, yeah. it's huge. It's a big difference. All right, sorry. Three thousand year old girl from Disgaea paired up with. I don't even know any of the Disgaea girl characters. Excellent question. I like this question. Good one. <laughs> There's the bat one. Rouge the bat. Wait, no, no I'm that's, a, that's I'm uh, talking about Disgaea. You think Rouge the bat and Morrigan from Darkstalkers would be a good couple? No, I mean I think they're too similar. I think Morrigan would suck all her blood at and leave her corpse for dead. I had a nightmare about Sonic Adventure Two a couple days ago. That's the end of the story. That's, that's all we're going to get into. We're gonna, <laughs> not going to keep going. Just oh, literally, man. Literally. It, was a, it was a flop sweat sort of nightmare. It was a weird one. It was not a good one. I want to know about your video game nightmares. Big the Cat and Big Bear from mm. Fatal Fury. Isn't Big the Cat in a committed relationship with Froggy, though? All around, boys. Do you ever abbreviate Fatal Fury fat fur? I do. <laughs> That's because I don't have time to spell the whole thing. We're all busy every year. Too much time. <laughs> yeah, just I figure sometimes I gotta. Oh man, I really wish I had a really great answer for this. Oh, uh, I will next time. Next time I definitely will. Sylvester Stallone from Demolition Man on the Sega CD with Sylvester Stallone from Cliffhanger on the Sega CD. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Oh yeah, like I like that too. What about Judge Dredd? Uh, Sylvester Stallone's Judge Dredd on the Sega Genesis. With who? With Rambo from the Sega Genesis. Oh yeah, with Rambo mm-hmm. from Sega Genesis. Yeah, that's a good one. You ever play that Rambo? Rambo on NES? That was a nightmarish game. Strange one. of those old games were real nightmarish. Were there any good Rambo games? No. Uh, Someday we'll find it. The Rambo Connection. (laughs) If you had a master system, you pretended the Rambo game was good. That makes sense. That's the answer. Those people who made The Last of Us can get around to making like a good First Blood game. First Blood would be a, a good like cinematic prestige video game. Some idiot decided to make a triple A Rambo First Blood. 
really depressing sad game i recently tried to watch rambo aka first blood part two I, at first wild. i was like why have i never watched this movie and then because you didn't live on a military base when you were a kid no then then <laughs> uh 20 minutes in i was like oh i did watch this movie and forgot everything about it because it's so forgettable and then i was like they couldn't find a single person who spoke vietnamese to be in this movie and then i thought well if i were vietnamese i wouldn't want to be in this movie yeah Th- those were my thoughts before i turned it off to the guy at the post office who was like, well, there's only one person working here. And I, I said to him, you want to work here? <laughs> Question number four. This is maybe my favorite one. If you oh, yeah. lined every physically released non-shovelware game from best to worst, which game would be in the exact middle? Oh, it's a good question. It is a good question. The hook of multi-asking this question is that more games come out every day. Right. Mm-hmm. The spectrum shifts. Yeah, last time we said it was James Pond 2 Robocod, but maybe the list has shifted since then. Yeah, I like a shifty list. Oh, is this the time we get to talk about cyberpunk? Oh, hey. I actually thought of one. I'm not convinced that it's correct, but there's something very aggressively mediocre about it. But it's, it's a little too pointed, so it's drawn to death. David Jaffe, a.k.a. Alex Jaffe's dad, <laughs> yeah, made I love that this, guy. this video game. And I correct me if I'm wrong, but did everyone forget about Drawn to Death until I mentioned it right now? I absolutely yes. forgot about it until this moment. Yes. I didn't forget about it because I was just looking into David Scott Jaffe uh, a couple days ago for some uh, nice. a rare joke I was making in a, in a script that I may not actually ever finish writing because I was looking for his like cops and robbers game that he made. Calling All Cars? Was that it? Crazy Crime Crackers. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Crazy Crime Crackers. Drawn to Death, for folks who do not recall, is a game where David Jaffe for the 50th time was like, you know, what's really cool is things I thought about in high school. And mm-hmm. but this time he did it literally where it was poorly drawn scribbles that are all tough and black, but black and white with red blood and stuff are fighting to the death in a multiplayer environment. And it really looks like someone in high school thought it was cool, but somebody somebody that nobody really would hang out with. They, they weren't bullied or shunned, but they were just the most boring person who thought they were edgy. And then the game wasn't very good. It came out. It was a total flop. Everyone forgot about it. Kind of my bid right now is is that. It did uh, involve uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment San Diego. I mean, I, I know a couple people over at that studio. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to slight uh, this uh, this well, studio. Sorry, it's, it did bankrupt David Jaffe's studio, though. The Bartlett Jones Supernatural Detective Agency? Yeah, this game tanked his studio. That so was the name of the studio. Oh, Jesus. No shade on the studio that still managed to exist yeah. through the development of this game, but it is quite something that this game was so nothing that it managed to shoot David Jaffe kind of out of the sphere. So it was made by the studio that make MLB The Show. That's their big bacon bringer. Yeah. It's their cash cow. MLB The Show is interesting in light of this question because it is the only game in town if you want a baseball video game. It's a very good baseball video game. Uh, I, I happen to like those games a lot. If you want a baseball video game, weirdly, you need to own a PlayStation. There's one on the Switch, which was put out by Nighthawk. It's not the Madden. Like, MLB The Show is the Madden of baseball. However, in terms of numbers and such, I believe it is uh, far more middle of the roadian than like a Madden or an NBA 2K would be. There's less overlap between people who like video games and people who like baseball than there is between people who like football and people who like video games. It's a great studio to be the studio whose one game that is not their signature game be the game that is the middle. 
that yeah, makes sense? that's true. Yeah. Uh, I just want to make a clarification point that Nighthawk Interactive put out RBI Baseball. Yeah, RBI Baseball. Them rubies. Yeah. I don't know if anyone has the exclusive on MLB stuff. There's a ton of mobile games by different publishers. There's just no Madden of baseball. Right. Uh, that, yeah. It, it, yeah. Aside from MLB The Show. If, That's uh, true. And I mean, they're luxurious video games. They're big video games just crammed. They they cram it with all the features you'd expect of a AAA sports game. Based entirely on just seeing tiny clips and people joking about it, Knack seems like a pretty good candidate for being exactly in the middle. Knack mm. is interesting. I hear Knack is good, though. I hear it also. Really? Okay. But I also hear that it's bad. You know what? I've played <laughs> it. I've played it. And you know what? It's pretty good. But pretty good seems like it'd be the exact middle. No. Well, I, don't, I don't know. You're, you're supposing that there's most video games aren't bad. Yeah, right. Last yeah. time we did this, you supposed most video games are bad. Yeah, because the middle is a 50% game, not a 70% game. Na- right. Knack is probably a 70%. Drawn to Death is, is very, very interesting. I'm looking at it. Well, uh, when, I, when you're saying numbers, are you talking about like Metacritic score? No, I'm talking about if we had a tower of uh, Babel-like proportions. Got it. Okay. Where the base was the worst game and the top was so the, the best So the middle game. is just a nothing game. It just, it's right. inoffensive. Yeah. This, uh, this Drawn to Death is really, really a compelling case because <laughs> I'm, I'm just watching it and it is just, it's an ugly shooting game. Yeah, but the reason it might not work is because it is tasteless, and so maybe it's a little below the line. Simultaneously tasteless and bland, though. Yes. Yeah. Ain't, so ain't that close. the middle of video I games? I think Drawn to Death is our new mediumist game of all time until we nice. revisit this. Question number five. What the hell is wrong with video games? Oh, that one. I remember this. I remember that one. My answer is inspired by having watched the Game Awards, Game Awards. Hey, a couple weeks yeah. ago. And, nice. and I think what's wrong with video games is that we only pretend to respect it as art, but it's actually 99% marketing. Uh-huh. I'm just going to drop it there. Yeah, in the in the big budget. Yeah. I entertained a notion while I was watching the Game Awards that it might be fun to uh, download uh, the VOD of it and like scrub through and just try to count up how much of it is actually awards and how much of it is commercials. I watched it with Kelsey Lewin and she was actually doing that. And I think oh, it really? ended up being 15 minutes or it was one sixth of programming was actually the awards. Yeah. Wow. The rest was commercials. Nice. Yeah, that's absolutely wild, man. Yeah. Absolutely wild. I got one here, which is... Release dates tied to shareholder stuff. Yeah. Bonuses and all that stuff. So inspired by cyberpunk. See, when we keep asking these questions, we get inspired by new stuff. So exactly. Cyberpunk is a great example. This premise and is bearing out. That's that's why they had to put it out when they did instead of later. But since I don't know the exact particulars of that, because I wasn't involved, I will tell another story that I am aware of the particulars of, but which I cannot reveal any of the names involved or else I will get in trouble. But I was working for a company that was working for a big publisher to develop an original game. And the game was going quite well. And it was very good. And I was very pleased with it. Eventually, when we were about 60% complete, the big publisher's big game had an incredible budget shortfall, causing the company's budget to be a short 90%, which is, as you may know, a very big number. When this happened, in order to please shareholders, which is directly what they had to do, they had to show that they were saving money and uh, able to keep going forward and not lose shareholder funds. And so they canceled eight games in one day, including my own, at least two of which were finished. So they just canceled them 
and away they went. That is like bizarre backward thinking. Big money. When we're running out of money, what we should do is stop creating the things that will get us more money later because we have to show right now that we're saving money. That was depressing. I think uh, when we did our big episode where every question was what's wrong with video games, uh, we did talk about the, the, the console wars tribalism thing a little bit. Yeah, oh, yeah. On that. yeah absolutely. Um, however, right now, I think it's a, it's a nice time to crack that one back open. I really think... Uh, that, apparently yeah. it's not. Sorry. We're going to have to wait on that until the next time we loop around to this question. I'll find a way to bring it we'll up. We'll be right back after a quick break. A fun thing I've been doing to cut down on my soda consumption is I've only been refrigerating them two at a time. Daffy, why don't you switch over to um, flavored waters? Oh, because I don't like them. Oh, well, that would help too then. Yeah, I guess yeah, it would. That's right. Welcome back to our Insert Credit end of the year wrap up and preview of Insert Credits to come. Question number six. A national pizza chain has hired you to choose the games to emulate on their arcade <laughs> cabinet, but they can only be abandonware by defunct publishers. What do you choose? Revolution X. Oh, music is the weapon. Yeah, that's right. So defunct yeah. publisher Midway. There are Midway games that are not abandonware in that they're in arcade one-up cabinets and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Uh, Revolution X is not one of them. I recently watched that Midway documentary, so I guess I'm just thinking of that in terms of really dumb arcade games to put somewhere, but uh, Terminator 2, throw that in there. We got the guns already. Can't do NBA Jam, but we can do, uh, I believe we can do NARC. NARC, sure. NARC, yeah. I, somebody must have bought NARC. Well, is it currently available? God, I wish if I not, had. it is abandonware. I wish I'd oh, bought okay. NARC. Well, I, I think I was a little too strict with myself then in what I was looking at because I, mm -hmm. I was trying to find games where the publisher was defunct and I was pretty sure nobody owned it. Yeah, I don't think that counts as abandoned where maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Is, it, is this a go to the judges situation? Oh, yeah, where's the, where's the judge? Where's the, ju the classic yeah, definition of abandonware would be an abandonware website. It would be home of the underdogs or something. Yes. Uh, abandonware just tended to mean you can't buy this right now. It doesn't mean that we don't know who owns it. It wasn't we don't know who owns it. It was more like no existing entity owns it is what I thought. I don't think it's possible to know that for most games. Yeah, maybe not. Well, I had a question for you as one of mine here, which is what's the best Sachin game? Huh, I'm going to let me get back to you on that. OK, I have a big list that I'll just go through real quick. Ant-Man 2 and Lars the Wanderer, which are two early games by Hakyu Kim, who later went on to make Ragnarok online and Granado Espada and other games. At least one of them was published by Gravity, but it's a Gravity that doesn't exist anymore. The new Gravity is different. He told me himself that both of those games are like lost in the ether, but you can find them on Home of the Underdogs or whatever. And they're both pretty good. Those are some. Any Game Park game is up for grabs because uh, anything on the GP32 is is abandoned and except for the ones that are made by real publishers. Yeah. Tomac the Shooting by Seed9, which is actually quite a good one. Tomac. Yep. And Dungeon and Garter, which is a brawler. Isn't it weird the GP32 didn't become like the biggest thing ever? That's that's a little weird. <laughs> I think that's that the opposite of weird. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah, no, it's not weird. Everybody else think that's strange. Then I was thinking about human entertainment, oh, dude. which is a good one because they're they're gone and a lot of their properties have not been picked up. Taekwondo for the Super Nintendo, that's one. Android Assault on the Sega CD. I'm also trying to think of games that are arcadey, you know? Right. That's a good one. 
so I guess this one that I thought was not defunct because it was published by Sony ImageSoft actually is since you can't get it anywhere, which is Sewer Shark, which really feels like it would be in a pizza chain for me. Right. But Sony is Sony is not defunct. Sony isn't. But the game is not available to buy anywhere. But it has to be both. It has to be abandoned. Yeah, it's got to be a defunct defunct publisher. And Sony Computer Entertainment is Sony ImageSoft. I guess. Okay, so I guess it still doesn't count. I like your your idea here. There's no Sachin game that I would call like good. They're just dumb and interesting. Yeah. I mean, my favorite of those would be Poker 3, which is a casino RPG that is uh, really strange. And you have to do things like if, if you land on a certain spot, you have to beat Rat Jack for revenge is the, nice. the text. So I don't know what that means, but that's my choice for okay. best Sachin game. I like it. Beat Rat Jack for revenge. Yeah. There's a there's T and E Soft which mm-hmm. went bankrupt and then someone else oh, bought T&E them again Soft. and then they went bankrupt. Oh, double bankrupt. That that puts the Hydlide games up for grabs. Uh, All right, oh, that's man. good. Virtual yeah. Hydlide. You ever play that one? How about some bad 16-bit stuff like Lester the Unlikely? I wrote down Balls 3D. I wrote down balls. Not a bad game, a good one. Maybe not good for an arcade setting, but uh, I like the magic of Shahrazad. Oh, the culture brain. Yeah, there's no more culture brain. It's actually pronounced Shahrazad, but uh, whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Shout me out in the comments. uh, How's my Persian? Micro prose is gone. Micro prose is gone. Broderbund is gone. I mean, you could put Raid on Bungling Bay. Can we put Raid on Bungling Bay in there? We could do that. We could do uh, dude. I choplifter. Choplifters, Choplifters cool. Oh yeah, game. that's a good game for the pizza chain. Choplifters good. What, what about Shareware? You know what game we used to play when I lived on military bases, which was when I most often went to pizza chains that had arcade games such as NARC? What? We played Scorched Earth so much at home. Everybody plays Scorched Earth. Little tanks, Everyone's shoot. played it even if they don't know. Everybody's yeah. played yeah. Scorched Earth. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. g- gorillas, bananas, worms. Worms yeah. is just kind of Scorched Earth with a free-to-play business model, uh, except sold uh, as a premium game. Scorched Earth, I think if you just set up a Scorched Earth arcade game, man, that would rake in dollars at a pizza joint. Because people would be like, oh, this is kind of like Worms, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's shareware, technically not yeah. a defunct publisher. No, you know, give me Scorched Earth in the arcade. I'd pay a dollar right now to play that. If he needed to justify a version of that, it could be... Um... Whatever the hidden one was on uh, Power Slave on the Saturn. Death Tank. Death Tank. Death Tank. Death Tank's Vi. And I guess that would be our Edict of Worms. Uh, Question seven. If there were a video game convention where only one company could represent each of their countries, who would be there? This is good. This is good. CD Projekt Red would represent Poland. That's true. Yes, but I want to uh, point out that unlike what we said last time, it is not significant to Poland's GDP. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I just want to say that uh, Brandon just used the word unlike, which reminds me of a video game called Lester the Unlikely, which was referenced <laughs> in, the, in the previous question. Uh, so who would so whoever made Lester the Unlikely would represent uh, their country, I think. <laughs> Let, let's face it. Uh, American game lovers would like to think someone cool, probably with a leather jacket and sunglasses a Tommy Tallarico-ish kid chameleon-looking individual would represent the American video game industry. However, actually it would be EA. It would actually be Lester the Unlikely. Yeah. (laughs) It's quite likely it'd be Lester. Did anyone else make a list? Because I got a list here if we want to see I don't have a list. Go for it. Okay. 
So I have uh, US would be EA because it's um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. bloated yeah. and inefficient and doesn't do that much interesting stuff. South Korea would be Nexon, but for legacy reasons, because they were popular and big in the past and a progenitor of the art of video games in South Korea, they would be Quite held right. up for that. Quite right. China would be something state-owned. I'm not really sure what. And then uh, to uh, on, on the flip side, Taiwan would be Red Candle Games for their one tiny hidden China protest image that they had. Wouldn't China just be Tencent? uh, And and then they would just have a huge booth that would like, remember when when mobile game booths first started showing up at Tokyo Game Show and we had no idea, like Gree had a booth. It's like, what is even there? It's like a huge booth and there's like not really any games there. There's a lot of screens and a stage show and it's like, but what what are they actually showing? They were showing how big they were. Yeah, yeah, basically. That was the showing. Uh, Taiwan being Red Candle Games with their game Devotion that recently in the news was about to go on good old games, but then uh, got pressured into not being on there. All because at one point they had a hidden image of Winnie the Pooh, which is a Mm -hmm. protest image thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But I believe that Taiwan would totally take that up as contrarian and championing the cause hong kong would be satchin back from the dead did wow. you say hong kong they're from taiwan they're from dude. taiwan yeah, yeah. No, i just remembered that right now man yeah. taiwan Sorry. owns dude yeah, taiwan rules i was in taiwan in 2018 man was a i went to every major game studio in taiwan just to take a look and yeah. uh they're doing real cool good stuff uh i think they're the next cool place my buddy ali yang making good games over there worked on that resident evil multiplayer thing that came out France and Canada would be Ubisoft, I've decided, mm-hmm. and they would have to argue over which one was the true one. I played all them Assassin's Creed games. I still don't know. Last time I said Germany would be the farming simulator company, but it turns mm-hmm. out that is Giants Software from Switzerland. So actually, Switzerland is uh, the farming mm. simulator company. Yes. Yeah, so that's who would represent Excellent. Switzerland. And I don't know who would represent Germany. You mean Deutschland? Yeah, Deutschland. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I just I didn't I oh, I speak German, so I didn't I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> the UK is just the Oliver twins. Oh, I was I was <laughs> gonna say Peter Molyneux in a T pose. Yeah. You know, okay, <laughs> in, in place. If I if 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 we were uh, if we were taking this question a little bit seriously, sure. <laughs> I, I would re- I would nominate playground games to be the quintessential hmm. right now as of what is the day? Uh December twenty third, twenty twenty. Happy birthday, Michael Kerwin. I I would nominate Playground Games as the UK video game developer right now. Over Rockstar? Yes. They make Forza Horizon. They're making the new Fable. When we think of English video games, what do we think? We think of, you know, Spectrum, uh, Amiga, the bedroom coders, these people uh, who were just churning out games enthusiasts i feel like more so even than for example code masters i feel like playground yeah. games i mean i was gonna say code masters would have been the other one i would uh well that's the oliver twins that's yeah, yeah. 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 same Oi, mate. Yeah. oh i'm oliver not m right that's that's their routine <laughs> <laughs> so that's part of their that's part of their comedy routine oh right? only yeah. tell the truth <laughs> my brother only tells lies he does oh the oliver twins those crafty individuals so I feel like Playground Games uh, embodies the full-bodied spirit of English video games right now at this moment, and they're making the new Fable, which I'm very excited about. Why do we mm-hmm. tend to make fun of British people so often? We do a lot. Show? Yeah, well, I'm being. I'm, this is me being nice to British people for the first time on the show. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're is, a fine one. And Peter Molyneux in, would just be in his T-pose in the background, just <laughs> spinning around. Yeah, Man, Molyneux, what's, what's he up to, dude? 
Yeah, who knows? Who Molly knows? Did we decide Japan? Did we say Japan? Who's Japan? Oh. Oh, Konami. I think it's Nintendo. <laughs> no, Sega. No, I want to say Sega. Yeah. I would love for it to be Sega. Nintendo is world culture. Sega is Japanese video games, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yep. I've been playing a lot of Yakuza games lately. Can't tell you why. Sega's Japanese video games. So maybe right Nintendo now would be like the moderators of this convention. Yeah, maybe. Wait, I have I have one more real quick. Okay, okay. one last one before we go to the next question. Ireland would be Brenda Romero's company because they have no pride in themselves in Ireland and would just love for an American to represent them instead. Owned. Yikes. Oof. Oh, wow. Tweet at Brandon Sheffield about that. That's the straight dope from my Irish coworker is what it is. All right. I love Ireland. Question eight. Who is the Prince Rogers Nelson of video games? Okay, so last time I said, uh, I said, and this is something I strongly believe, I, I don't I don't know who, who else likes Prince as much as I do, though uh, I do declare as strongly as I possibly can that no one in video game development is as good at as many disciplines uh, as Prince was at music production. So I believe we must relegate this title to a video game character. Right, because I think last time we had a little. Is it a developer or a yeah. character or a game? I, I think that's okay. I, I I do have a developer that could oh, you could oh. maybe make the argument for, but I'm I'm coming at it from the perspective of someone who has had some commercial success, but has been doing it forever on his own terms. Yeah, and I'm gonna go Jeff Minter on that. Oh, oh Minter, that yeah, dude's still making his llama games. He's just still doing what he feels like doing and doing the entirety of it himself. Pretty much, he's got he's got help from the the other guy who looks exactly like him who yeah. lives with him. <laughs> but what also makes him compelling for me is that I look at his games and I don't get it, and that tells me <laughs> that that it, he might be brilliant and people right. will get it in 20 years yeah, yeah exactly i i'm gonna be honest as well can i just say i i don't really get any of jeff mentor's video games either i don't at all yeah i, I don't I played get so it. many of them i played the space lizard what was it star camel uh yeah. milky way ferret or like whatever I, all the tempests i played all these games and i mean you know i engage with them nominally i, I toothpick scrape the surface of each of them and then i go all right all right okay okay that guy's cool I feel yeah. like that's a maybe that has some sort of uh, some sort of uh, analog to Prince's. Uh, you know, he released a lot of albums that mm-hmm. virtually nobody has listened to, like released while mm-hmm. he was still alive. I'm not talking about the vault stuff. Mm-hmm. He had his phase where he occasionally appeared on a late late night talk show to, to surreptitiously begin conspiracy theorizing about chemtrails. He had a period like that where he was releasing albums of. Uh, I'll just say questionable cultural worth, which I find nonetheless worthwhile listening every once in a while. That could have a Jeff Minter bit to it. All right. Well, I'm going to say it's Waluigi. He wears purple. He's a man of many talents. He's a party man. No, no. See, this was uh, the joke I was going to make was that he's Knights from Knights into Dreams. Oh, nice. That's mm. the most Prince-like character. Or Riala. Riala. Reality is yeah. the, the antithesis of nights. Yeah, the anti nights days. The days. What can we refine Prince down? Is to? the opposite of nights Daisy. So this is the problem <laughs> for me because I don't think that I feel the same way about Prince. I might be closer to the Jeff Minter description because Prince mm-hmm. is someone I know is very talented, but I don't really care for what they do. Yeah, that that's my feeling as well. I would yeah, never listen to You ain't never listened to 1999? I have listened to many, many Prince songs, but I would never do it on purpose. You ain't never listened to New Power Generation? 
I have heard Diamonds so and many Pearls. Prince songs. I yeah, never you. heard of these, Tim. You, know, you never listened to <laughs> Diamonds and Pearls? I was just watching the movie Batman and thinking, I kind of wish there weren't so many Prince songs in this. Yeah, that's a, that's a wild experience. I wonder what it's like to have so many synapses of my subconscious permanently miswired. So as to, <laughs> so as so as to find the music tunes of Tim Burton's Nicholson Keaton Batman to be uh, the the weak link of all else. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> it's it's tough for me because I just don't like Prince that much, except in concept. And in concept, I like him a, a very uh, yeah, large yeah, amount. That makes sense. You ain't never seen Purple Rain. I saw parts of it before I stopped watching it. Oh, why'd you stop watching it? So I didn't want to watch it. Did, did he did he say something mean about tofu or whatever in there? <laughs> <laughs> Purple Rain is cool if you uh I, you know, all, due, all due respect to tofu. I I I I tofu's okay. I don't I don't, I don't exactly eat it. It's tofu just a, rules. Just from that perspective, who's someone you respect but don't necessarily like in video games? What I wrote down was talented. I don't really care for what they do. And they are also rather sexualized. So maybe it's a streamer. <laughs> I think it's Knights. <laughs> I think it's Knights because Knights is sexy. Yeah, Knights has a butt, which is uh, disturbing. I'm, he's not your woman. He's not your man. He is something you will never understand. It's true. And Knights is indeed generous. That's what I would say about Knights. Yeah. So that's, that's, I mean, come okay. on. Genderless or genderful. Y'all ain't never listened to Daddy Pop uh, <laughs> off of, I mean, come on. Did Prince ever do a Christmas album? He doesn't need to. He's Jehovah's Witness. Oh, that's true. They've seen Jehovah at the lighthouse. They saw him washed up on the shore. So we've yet to determine who is the Christmas Knights of video games. In high school, we had this thing where every senior, you were supposed to give like a speech to the whole class. Yeah. And we had one guy who I had never really talked to before. Turned out probably why is because he I wore metal shirts all day long and he was a Jehovah's Witness. Sounds uncomfortable. Yeah. And he talked about how while we all were celebrating Christmas like a bunch of, bunch of heathens, he was out proselytizing and, and mission working and that we were all going to go to hell and he was not goodbye. Well, good for him. <laughs> good for him. I say that's pretty good. Let's all go to hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll check it out. Why the heck not? I mean, I, Question I, I nine. Just, I actually just went there a couple hours ago. If you, this you one comes from our own Brandon Sheffield. Hey, that's me. How could we save Sega by readjusting their timeline? Oh, oh, right. This one. They're relitigating this old chestnut. Oh. Often discussed. Uh, Frank kind of uh, narrowed it down to where we would only change one big thing. Right, Frank? Well, that was mm. how I approached it. Yes. I mean, it's interesting that way. So I think that's the most realistic in this unrealistic scenario. Yeah. So what do we think is the linchpin of this situation? If we're doing just one thing, maybe it is releasing the Saturn a few months later with a better development library and a 3D chip that uses polygons. I feel like the Saturn is the... No, Saturn is absolutely it, yeah. Yeah, if you go to Dreamcast, it's too late. Right. My answer last time was, instead of the Saturn, partner with Sony and make the Sega PlayStation, oh, which, right. uh, which they had the opportunity to do if that section of the uh, Console Wars book is to be believed. And if everybody needs a, a, a little summary, I ate up about two minutes by talking about how uh, the, the kids in the GameStop where I worked were yelling at Madden on the PS2 oh, right. while uh, a, a NFL 2K was sitting right there. And it was so much better looking in terms of graphics. It looked a mm -hmm. million times better. And they were just 
flat out ignoring it. I, I think we would save Sega the company, but maybe not save their soul. Yeah, yes. I would like to save the soul of Sega. I think the soul's pretty good right now, to be fair. Well, yeah, they are <laughs> Japanese video games right yeah. now. Right. right. I we mean, just decided that. Yeah. They lost it for a few years. They're goddamn better than ever. Right yeah, maybe now. Sega doesn't need to be saved. That's my controversial viewpoint. What I miss, though, about Sega, back when they were doing arcades and consoles, they got to decide what hardware would support their software and mm-hmm. create that. And if they wanted to make a peripheral or a dumb idea just to support one video game, maracas and the fishing controller and just... Right. I feel like that's missing Maybe it's not important, but it is missing. In the scenario where they're using the PlayStation architecture, I think that could still feasibly have been a scenario. I don't know what the deal would have been. Right. But I assume that, you know, they would basically be licensing the PlayStation architecture and probably manufacturing through them too, but could support it with their own peripherals. So I don't know that that goes away uh, in the the scenario. But I, I, I agree with you that that part, I don't know. I don't know if anyone could do that anymore the peripherals thing is done right i mean if them guitar games well nintendo kind of tries right but that's just garbage they put in a box you know sega was making expensive yeah peripherals it feels like it should be possible but it i don't know maybe the world is, of that is over but maybe it comes in cycles because the dreamcast had all kinds of stuff and then that was gone but then yeah all the guitar hero rock band stuff happened and that was gone but the nintendo brought this the switch the exercise dealy that exercise yeah. wheel ring fit adventure ring fit that's it i really thought that when the wii came out there was going to be a lot of weird experimental controllers i thought that that thing would just slot into stuff and we saw yeah. a little bit their their little sizzle reel thing that they showed at their their reveal kind of teased the idea that it can do anything yeah yeah i think early on there was a train game in japan because of course there was and the controller just you put the wii remote in the train thing. And it's like, oh, that's that's brilliant. Yeah. That's the future of video games. It's hilarious, yeah. yeah. It turns out not so much. You know, I guess I've mentioned this a little bit, but I love that with the the Atomus Wave or Atomus Wave, and I'm now confused about how to say it, but with those arcade games getting ported back to the Dreamcast and realizing that legacy controller support exists in there. So like the fishing game in the arcade just uses a version of the Dreamcast fishing controller like that. That's it's funny. neat. It's funny. And I wish uh, I wish we could have that again. But I also don't want to have a bunch of plastic in my house. So. Yeah, I don't I don't think we can create a scenario where people want plastic in their houses. Again. Yeah, like that's no. not a thing anymore. We that we could never recreate that white plastic made out of corn husks. It gets <laughs> absorbs a whole bunch of dirt. Yeah. So I think after Sega, after the the Dreamcast died, uh, that's when we got a we got Afterburner Climax and we got Outrun Two. Yeah. I don't know. We got some good stuff after Sega after the Dreamcast died. I don't know. We did. There were some pretty dark years. That, I mean, those were like peaks of brightness in an otherwise relatively dark time. I would say. Yeah, and I believe that that would have happened if they had their own hardware still. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. maybe next time we revisit this question, we should talk about those dark years and how we would save Sega after the failure of the Dreamcast. Oh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Assume prevention impossible. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. How would yeah. you save Sega after the Dreamcast? Okay. Yeah. Question number 10. What's the day the clown cried of video games? <laughs> oh. So I don't know if we hit on this point last time. This is time. the third time we had, we've uh, addressed this question, I believe, right? I think it's the second. I think it's the fourth. Apparently it is screenable possible in 2024. Did we talk about that before? 
If, sorry, if, what did you just say? I didn't, <laughs> didn't you understand the words. I said that... screenable possible. Um, Peter Seller gave it to the Library of Congress or whoever with the caveat that it couldn't be shown before 2024. But after 2024, it can be. Okay, got it. So that's if we want to throw that in there, that's something. But I actually have an idea. I, I can't think of a video game that's like restricted by time. Um, Frog no. Fractions 2. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was thinking about Peter Seller and his, is it Seller Sellers? I always forget. Seller Sellers. Sellers. Yeah, there's more than one of them. Yeah. 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 He, he, he sold many Peters. Um, yeah. Wait, no. He was no. A, there are multiple people selling Peter. Yeah. Okay, yeah. My mistake. I was thinking about him transitioning from one thing to another thing and doing it imperfectly but ambitiously and it costing a lot of money. And so then I, I don't know if this is what I said last time, but I'm going to say Shenmue because it was. Yu Suzuki translating from arcade action to a simulation of life. And it's imperfect and it costs a huge amount of money. You can really respect it, but it's not that fun to play for all, most people. That's my argument. For Wait, Shenmue. hold on, Brandon. Do you mean Peter Sellers or do you mean Jerry Lewis? Oh, I mean Jerry Lewis. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I was a little bit confused. Yeah, yeah. That, there's, yeah. Wait, there's, there's two Jerry Lewis? Oh, excellent joke for me. If, if there is a point at which I will stop messing this up, we have yet to find <laughs> Would be much so, okay, let, let's just, let's recap real quick. Uh, Milo is probably the, the game, the day the, yes. the, yeah. the clown yes. cried a video that's game. That's what we decided the first um, time yeah, we did this. that's the first time. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously the correct answer. Yeah. It's definitely Milo because the, the kid definitely had cancer and definitely dies in the game because that's we, You that's actually the most... predicted the ending yeah. of Milo before that Well, week. actually, to to be fair, it's not cancer. He it ended up it's being bl- blind. Blindness. Yeah, but that's yeah, close yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't yeah. see you anymore. I predicted cancer, and uh, I, I did not predict blindness. No, you you predicted blindness. Just so I just I just want to yeah I predicted something. <laughs> Let's just say I predicted something. It turned out it was something else. They were similar. You predicted a degenerative illness. Yeah, yeah, a degenerative uh, chronic illness. Yeah, I mean whatever the day the clown cried of video games is. But in order for the day the clown cried of video games to exist, it has to come from someone who is a little bit more jolly. Mm-hmm. So in other mm. words, it would have to be previously I tried to improvise a joke about what was that mario game where mario's a firefighter it was like before they made super mario sunshine they were making a game where mario's an actual firefighter in new york on 9-11 right so it was a <laughs> right and, and then you know, the technology they developed from that was went into the flood backpack uh and then they're like we gotta we gotta whimsical this up we gotta yeah. we gotta inject some whimsy mr Miyamoto. They, they mispronounced his name even in Japan. <laughs> Mr. Miyamoto, you gotta, you gotta make this a little bit more whimsical. And uh, he was just depressed because he'd just been divorced uh, or whatever, <laughs> right? I was, I was gonna improvise that some was stupid story, lame yeah. joke. Yeah. Though just the other day, apropos of this question, uh, I'm actually, I'm glad you asked this question. The, the New Yorker, uh, Simon Park, and everybody knows Simon Park, and he's one of the, yes. he's, he's Simon. He actually has a car, unlike the other Simon we know. Um, right. It's good because he's parking his car. You get it, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, as opposed to Simon walking. Can I sidebar on this joke yeah. for a second? Of, Let's sidebar. Of the, the, the three major Simons. Uh, this is my favorite. My favorite joke that I ever came up with that only five people would get, which is yeah, get uh, Simon Carlos plus Simon Ferrari, noted game person as well, equals Simon Parkin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Parkin, Parkin the Ferrari. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Simon Parkin posted an interview in, on the New Yorker. New Yorker, a nice publication. Check it out if you get a chance every once in a while. They're having a holiday week sale. You can save 50% according to this ad at the top of my browser. Uh, he, he posted a really good interview with Shigeru Miyamoto in the New Yorker. And he asks at one point, this is good. This is very relevant. He asks, 
Speaking of new experiences, more and more game makers have become interested in exploring themes of sadness, loss, and grief. This is something that your games have mostly avoided, perhaps because of Nintendo's roots as a toy maker. It's focus on making things for children. Do you regret not having the opportunity to explore those themes in your work? And Shigeru Miyamoto responds, video games are an active medium. In that sense, they don't require complex emotions from the designer. It's the players who take what we give them and respond in their own ways. Complex emotions are difficult to deal with in interactive media. I've been involved in movies, and passive media is much better suited to take on those themes. With Nintendo, the appeal of our characters is that they bring families together. Our games are designed to provide a warm feeling. Everyone is able to enjoy their time playing or watching. Now, I literally have friends at Nintendo, literally. And I know that <laughs> Nintendo has prototyped so many video games that they will never show that the, the Giga Leak recently, whatever that was, that was just the trash they didn't care about. Mm. Their stuff at Nintendo will never know. My question is, what's the prototype that made Shigeru Miyamoto realize you can't put complex emotions in video games? Oh, yeah. I don't think it was a prototype. I think it was Metroid Other M. Oh, Metroid <laughs> M. Okay, maybe it was. Maybe maybe Metroid Other M is the the the, 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 the crown collide of the crown the clown cried of video. He, he never looked yeah. at that game. <laughs> yeah, he probably he probably never saw that game. But I'm guessing uh, whatever game, like I don't know, Princess Peach is dead. Mario investigates her murder. They usually put Mario in as the placeholder in a prototype. Yeah, right. So if this game about complex emotions was prototyped at Nintendo, they probably would did be in there. have a Mario model running around in there. Miyamoto has prototyped uh, and participated, designed hundreds of games. We will never know. Uh, what's the one that made him realize? Nope can't do complex emotions just not possible he seems quite firm in his belief maybe we'll find that out next time we revisit this question seems quite firm in this belief i hereby announce i am opening an investigation i will discover whatever that game is and the next time you ask this question i You'll will have know. a perfectly composed summary of what that game is you mentioned the the giga leaks there is this rumor that a bunch more will be coming out uh this christmas because uh -huh. a lot of the file dates in the prior Giga Leaks were set to December 25th, 2020. Ooh. So we might be seeing the day the clown cried of video games in two days. As of this recording. Yes. Coming. By the time up. you hear this, it might already you, you'll be, be public playing knowledge. it. You'll yeah. be playing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> for now, it's time to return to one of our more popular lightning rounds from okay. this past year, a segment I'm now calling Pokedexperts. Mm. Okay. In the Pokemon games, each Pokemon has a Pokedex entry that uh -huh. tells you a fun fact about that Pokemon's attributes or behavior in the world of the game. Uh -huh. I'm going to give you the name and picture of a Pokemon, uh -huh. and you're going to write a Pokedex entry for it. Uh, everyone listening can play along by pulling up a picture of the Pokemon as I name it. We got eight of these. Didn't we do a bad job of this last time? I don't remember. Oh, we did a great job last time. Oh. You'll start with... Execute. Oh, execute. Execute. Uh, I don't like that. I don't, I, don't, I don't like that one. I don't like this guy. What always bothered me about execute is that one of them is cracked open and is yeah. it just like its its body is leaking out. None of the, its brethren care. They don't even. Yeah, they don't acknowledge it. Well, are they brethren or are they all the same unit? I think they're the same thing. Yeah, they're the same. They're thing. a hive mint. If one dies, one dies so that the body may live. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there we go. Let's move on. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> Klefki. Oh Lord. <laughs> Klefki. Klefki. This isn't a real one. 
Yeah, it's a real one. It's from uh, Generation 6, I believe. It's Fairy Steel. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, frequently uh, frequently gets lost. <laughs> hey. Hard to find sometimes. Yeah. Am I yeah, right? Difficult to find right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Hang this guy in a in an easy-to-remember place. <laughs> I don't remember it having that ball sack on it. Because yeah. <laughs> Skyward gets... Oh, what? Excuse me? <laughs> what? Cofagrius. Oh, Cofagrius. That's a horrible name. I don't know. Yeah. That's a weird name. Um, I don't know about that name. It's like a Go sarcophagus? Yeah. Uh, uh, something with four hands died inside this box. There we go. <laughs> sure. Spoink. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this? I've never seen this. This guy's pretty good. Why have this I thing this thing owns. Yeah, that's yeah. a psychic Pokemon. I, wow. I think it debuted in. Uh, it debuted in Ruby and Sapphire. I didn't know about this guy. Yeah, why? why what the it, heck? Why wasn't Spoink in all in all the cartoons? Maybe it was. Yeah, yeah Spoink rules. Yeah, Spoink is a good one. Um, Spoink is terminally depressed because nobody seems to know how much he <laughs> rules. There we go. Uh, nice. This is a literal, actual Pokedex entry from the game. Uh, Spoink bounces around on its tail. The shock of its bouncing makes its heart pump. As a result, this Pokemon cannot afford to stop bouncing. If it stops, wow. its heart will stop. Oh, wow. I actually, I mean, I'm part of my wow is that I was I was going in that direction. I was trying yeah. to word how he literally can't stop bouncing. Yeah. Oh, well, how I about that now? Because I was going to say that he accidentally screws himself into the ground sometimes and gets stuck, but that he would die. Then he would die. <laughs> or he is, that, die. is that he a spring? Away. It's or a is, spring. Or is that it's a, a duck spring. penis? It's it could a... be a duck penis. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a it's a pigtail duck penis. Pigtails. Oh, PTBT. Uh, I mean, do you my entry is, is that a pig's tail or, <laughs> or a duck's face? You don't see a lot of questions in Pokedex entries. <laughs> okay, no, the, okay, the, the Pokedex question is, what's really going to bake your noodle later is that <laughs> might not be a pig's tail. It might be a duck's penis. Also, maybe his nostrils are actually his eyes. There you go. Uh, Pseudo-woodo. Oh, this guy loves yeah. to party. Yeah, he does love to party. <laughs> yeah, he's partying. Why ain't you? It's another Pokedex with a question. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, done. Probopass. Probopass. What? Yeah, he's, he's a proboscis. But this he is passes. ridiculous. He's got like duck face arms. I think duck I, face. I always wondered if those were arms or if those were ears because they're in ear position. Mm, yeah, but probably some duck penises inside. <laughs> Probo pass. Yeah, I don't know. What um, is that big old? Uh, what is that? Uh, that whole that Hitler mustache the, of blackness under his nose? Yeah, what is that? that's say, magnetized uh, rock. I think. How about how about j- just got divorced and is trying something new? Yeah, <laughs> like that. Yeah, Guzzlord. Oh, Guzzlord. what? What's Guzzlord? going on with the inside of Guzz? Oh wait, so that's it. What we're looking the blue part that we're looking at that is. The inside of a mouth it's not yes. like a, a shiny sphere okay no, that's the inside the, of a mouth the little shine thing back there he's like a, a jack-o'-lantern sort of vortex like he can absorb yeah. he can okay i don't get it he's the um, lord of guzzling can house a family of four yeah that's good <laughs> okay that's good that's good i'm into it all right uh we got one more finally you might recognize this guy oh don't pikachu oh, pikachu. pikachu it's pikachu <laughs> the pikachu. one you heard of <laughs> Pikachu can't, can't touch his toes. <laughs> Pikachu, you know who he is. <laughs> uh, Pikachu, some kingdoms uh, which have not yet abolished the death penalty use Pikachu uh, for execution. 
There you go. Execution. Execution's execution. If, if you if you let a Pikachu evolve, uh, an angel loses their wing. Hey. Uh, And that does it for uh, Insert Credit 2020. Next week, we're going to be doing our best games of all time episode. I hope you all are writing your lists and I am accepting your submissions, you listeners out there, through a form that can be found on forums.insertcredit.com or on Twitter if Esper posts it there. Or on the Patreon, too. Or on the Patreon. Yeah, I'm sure it'll go up there, too. Yeah. Anyway, you guys have anything to plug going into this new year? Christmas. Christmas. Give it a try. Uh, Christmas will be over by the time they hear this. Oh. Yeah, well, they can try it again later. Not the 12 days. Not the 12 days. That's true. That's true. I recommend attempting to have a happy new year. We deserve it. We're doing it. a 12-day Christmas this year over here. I've decided. I just decided right now. Does the 12 start on 25? A partridge in a pear tree. That's all I know. You need to have a partridge in a pear tree on the 25th. I was always unclear about whether it started or ended on the 25th. I have absolutely no idea. I think it actually starts on the 24th. Hmm. I couldn't tell you. Gonna have to go to the tapes on this. I have a recommendation. Please. Did you all remember 1982 John Carpenter's The Thing was universally reviled upon its release? It sure was. I didn't know that. I only reconnected those dots because I was watching The Fog last night, which I did enjoy. And then thinking about how good the thing was, I was reading quotes from John Carpenter where he was talking about how Hollywood thinks he's a bum and nobody's like nobody likes his movies. And I was like, how could that be? He released all these like seminal genre classics and masterworks. And then I looked up the thing, which was the first one that came to mind. And uh, it was nominated by or proposed as the most hated film of all time by film magazine. Fantastic. That movie is so good. Like that's it's extremely, of, extremely good. <laughs> it's like so well made and it's such a great it's like it's a cultural touchstone in my life. So watch that movie. My one sentence review of that show, Stranger Things, was that one of the kids had a The Thing poster on his wall. <laughs> okay. and I yeah. was like, I was like, no, and absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. I remember being in middle school and hearing people be like, oh, the movie The Thing sucks. I recall hearing that opinion be thrown around as it's one of those movies that's bad what you didn't see was that on the opposite wall he had a poster of camus the stranger i want to tie this back to video games briefly in a in a fairly interesting Uh. way cinefantastic magazine yeah Mm -hmm. currently owned by steve harris of egm media Whoa. Whoa. Oh, so, yeah. Brandon, I have two comments on that uh, Stranger Things. First of all, in a rare recommendation for me that isn't to the end of the show, John Carpenter wrote a really good Joker comic book last year. Oh. And it's oh, like one yeah. of my favorite Joker stories I've ever read. So check out uh, Joker Year of the Villain if you could find it. And also in the UK, do you think they call the thing the ting or the thing? The ting, mate. The ting. All right. Here's another recommendation, actually. Uh, I really like the show The Repair Shop, which is set in the UK show about people who are master craftspersons in in respective vintage fields like woodwork and metalwork and clockwork. They just fix old heirlooms that people bring in and find out some history about them. And it's it's really delightful. It's a nice, relaxing thing to watch. But there was just an episode where someone brought in a threadbare bear whose name was Fred Bear. Hey! And oh, very good. Considering that British people, especially right. of certain accents, would say Thread as Fred anyway. Certain mm-hmm. London neighborhoods, yes. It was, uh, it was giving me quite a mind confusion to, uh, yeah. to think about that. So that was pretty fun. Watch that show. It's pretty fun. 
On the other hand, on November 24th, uh, John Carpenter tweeted, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is a return to excellence for the franchise. Uh Massive open world, beautifully designed, great gameplay, incredible game. Uh, John Carpenter is also on the record as he loves Sonic Unleashed. He's a really big fan of like the 2000s 3D Sonic game. We got to get him on the show. Yeah, we got to get Jay Carp on the show. You know what? I'm going to try. I'd throw up all over myself. He could do it. I'd I'd throw up. Yeah. Let's uh let's see if we can find a way. We need to yeah. manufacture him onto this. Maybe show. that's our resolution. Get John Carpenter Get on the John show. Get John Carpenter on the show, but before he or we are too old to speak. Right. Well, we we would need to pour over every interview possible with him to just find whatever he has to say about video games. Uh, uh, so we know what video games he actually likes. So Assassin's yeah. Creed loves those. Uh, let's also get Salman Rushdie on the show. Salman <laughs> Rushdie's got some yeah. opinions about Sounds video easy. games. You could get Werner Herzog on the show. Yeah, and Wiener H. Hot Dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could probably get uh, him on. There. Any other recommendations before we close this out? I I just finished watching the show Succession, which I'd put off watching the end of it for oh, a while. Oh, it's good, and uh, I liked the show throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the end of the second season was miraculous. It was meticulous, Jerry. I enjoyed yes. it very much. I hate oh, to be man. one of those morons who says something like they don't even need a third season because I trust those writers to write a third season as well. Though, uh, yeah, I really liked the end of that second season very good show classic guest of the show heather campbell her girlfriend is a writer on succession that is the case good good show if anybody has not watched that and is intimidated by the fact that it is about glacierian themes of big mega corporations and whatnot put off by the fact that it's about business and rich people or whatever it is quite chill to hang out with and it does have some good stuff to say and it is also good television. And that guy, that Jeremy Strong, mm. that actor, I don't usually talk about actors much because I'm not, I don't really know much about acting. That guy, god darn phenomenal actor, guy who plays uh, Kendall Roy, the main character, phenomenal, mm. especially on that show. Other, elsewhere as well, that show, incredible performance. There's so many good actors on that show. I, I want to find a way to trick myself into wanting to watch a drama because I can't. The idea of watching a drama stresses me out. Well, let me tell you this. Okay. That, uh, that is the reason that I had uh, put off initially watching Succession. It is actually very funny. Mm-hmm. It is very, very funny, sometimes almost at like a veep level of being funny and quippy and uh, smart and clever. Absolutely. However, it is also fiction writing wise so workshopped that the humor never deflates the drama ever which is very, very hard to do. The humor never cuts into the drama. So the drama's real, but the humor is also there, so you can just chill with it. It's weird. It's it's magical. It's alchemical. Maybe I'll try. Yeah, I would... I would recommend watching uh, that first. Uh, the first episode uh, has a pretty good. Yeah, that's punch. probably where I would start. Probably started yeah. that one. Well, I was I was going to try to say a, a number of episodes to watch before it quote unquote gets good. Oh, Though I, I do think there's a good punch uh, at the end of the first episode. I think you get. Yeah, I tell people watch the first episode, and if you hate it, don't watch the rest. There's a, there's a good vertical slice. I think if you uh, you could keep watching it, but the first one, first one, pretty good. Yeah. And just know that it builds up to something really great, and then it builds up to another something really great in season two. I also yeah. recommend wood. Get a desk made of good, solid wood. You did say that. Now I remember. Yeah, I'm re- recommending it again here at the uh, end Here's of the show. one more recommendation from me. Uh, my recommendation is that if you're listening to iTunes or Spotify or TuneIn or any platform where you can subscribe to podcasts, that you subscribe yeah, jump to jump in ours. a lake. Yeah, oh. it, helps, <laughs> it helps our metrics if you jump in a lake. 
Uh, you can also leave us a review. We currently have 107 five-star reviews on iTunes. Oh, wow. You Amazing. can be number 108. You can also go to patreon.com slash insert credit, where you can subscribe at any level to submit one your own questions. Early. Get one episodes day one day early. <laughs> one day early. And <laughs> even exclusive access to a monthly bonus episode and other exclusive content. Right now, we're collecting responses, as I said, for our annual Best Game of All Time episode, so you can find links to our survey at forums.insertcredit.com, on said Patreon, or on Twitter. The show is at Insert Credit. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Frank is at Frank Zafaldi. Tim is at 108. And Brandon is One at day early. Necrosofty. This show's editor is Esper Quinn, with music by Kurt Feldman. Once more, I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Zafaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And I'm Alex Jaffe. Shoot me in the neck with a bow and arrow, slam dunk my corpse into the nearest dumpster like you was Michael Jordan and I was a half-deflated basketball. Like you was Michael Jackson and I was David Bowie.